Hello and welcome to the Magic Ball from Burkham Podcast. I am your host, Sam. I'm known as @OfficialLSamo on Twitter. This podcast is available on Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Welcome to episode 13, uh, 14. I will be reviewing the Arsenal's disastrous loss to Liverpool, um, which was 3-0 in the Premier League on Saturday, and also previewing the last eight first leg of the Europa League tie against Slavia Prague. And I have a very special guest tonight. My special guest, everybody, the one, the only, the infamous, as you know him, Kenny Ken. Hi, Kenny. How are you? I'm all good. I'm all good. The split's been, um, the last two days, been terrible because we've lost our, our, um, the great man, my great friend of mine, son, I love very much, Claude, Claudio Caligari. And uh, it's just been, it's just been shattering the last um, week. Rest in peace to Claudio Caligari. Like I mentioned in my last podcast, he was he was a huge uh, mentor for me, a huge inspiration to me to do stuff like podcasts, to to voice my opinion on the club. He kind of gave, you know, the new generation of people who are creating podcasts, creating all these type of stuff, like to give them a voice and tell them you can go out there and go make an opinion of how you see things. Mm. And if you're not happy with things, raise your voice. And I feel like Claude made such a difference he was one of the many reasons that kind of inspired me to start what I started today and he was someone that always told me that Sam go out there go voice your opinion and trust me you know people will listen to it and he is the great man he will always you for me he'll be remembered in in our hearts you know we love him and we miss him and uh, life just won't be the same without him you know he's a huge part he's a huge part of um, supporting this football club, huge one of the many reasons why I turned up to games. I would, um, I would see him, and he'd be, uh, he'd be, uh, he'd be there smiling. And uh, yeah, it's very, it's very upsetting. But slowly moving on. Um, what did you make of the shambles of a performance on Saturday against Liverpool? I think what's happened is that, uh, well, it's it's like um, we were looking for an excuse um, in case we lost the game. I thought. From the whistle, Liverpool asset, their tempo was right. You know, the only thing they did wrong in the first half was probably play one pass too many. And because they played one too many, us relegating them to half chances. You know, Milner had a chance. Marley put a cross in that just went behind them for Mino. And I just thought that everything Liverpool did was, was, was fantastic. And then second half, even though we kind of um, upped our tempo, the minute Liverpool kind of um, brought the extra forward on, and that's when we panicked. And I think that's when Liverpool just came in. Really, two shots on the target. We didn't even, you know, we didn't even trouble their defence. To the extent their defence, there was a situation in the second half when they was it three nil up when. Nathaniel Williams actually made a forward run. It was so easy that game for him. You know, no player shines. You know, Arsenal, Arsenal, um, maybe some Arsenal fans at the beginning probably would have used excuse we had four players left out, but you can't use that excuse because if anyone's had some major once again, it's just not acceptable. And the reason why a lot of fans probably are angry is because the players who've come in have performed. You know, to you know, when they've taken their chance, Pepe, seventy-two million pound player, just looked lost. You know, I know he's relegated to a defensive um, 
duties. Odegaard just couldn't get in the game. And uh, it's a shambles. A shambles. Um, holding. Uh, Chambers as well struggled. And most importantly, I just thought Gabriel just packed and just had a breakdown. And we got exactly what we deserved. In fact, Liverpool just two were nice to us. They could have, if they wanted to, of you know, put us a sword and scored more, more goals. That's how easy it was for them. It really was shell-shocking. There is on social media or a fan you speak to who's not on social media or just a general fan you speak to on the street, they're very aghast performance. Fantastic. I mean, I hundred percent, hundred percent agree. I don't, I cannot disagree at all that it's it was a shambles, absolute shambles. We made it look very, very easy for them, and you know we're always Arsenal are either it's either you know they don't perform or they make an excuse. It's one or the other. But for me, Saturday was both. They're going to make excuses about the about the international break. Maybe they're going to make excuses about injuries, make excuses, excuses. It's the fact that that 11, like you said, that was fielded, they're good enough to win games on their own. But it was the mm. one time on, on the Saturday where they didn't perform. And it was something that kind of made us fans look and think to ourselves, why are we not performing? Why are we not performing? We got to understand we need to perform. You know, we've got, we've got nothing to lose. And I feel like what... Arteta needs to do is is a, is a tweet I saw earlier that I don't know if you've seen as well, Kenny, about what George Graham did. Was that you see these big name players, these big name hypers? I'd been I'd been them or I'd bench them, and I'd put. I, the- I, I, think, I think just to cut you, sorry, cut you off, Sam. The problem is is that management in general is a lot different now. Yeah. In George's time, the managers, you know, you know, like basically when the dog the dog wagged its tail, he was in charge. You know, to a symbolic player, and you could you can you can actually say right, this player needs a you know kick up the backside so you can bollock him and he'll take it. Or some players need an arm around his shoulder. Now you have to do it around every player, every even if they play badly, you have got to tell them that they played well. You have got to defend them in the media because what's happening now is that you've got a balance between a, a multi multi million pound asset, which Mesozo was. And he got a multi-million pound assets, not playing well. He was left at Tottenham because he was late. But the, the, the balancing act for a manager is you leave that Bamiang, but Bamiang's friends with one player. So if, you, if, if you've punished Bamiang and annoyed Bamiang, well, you enjoy the back, you can potentially annoy three or four players, and that affects the squad. And I think that's the problem of balancing that that Mikel has. Because you know he's made some really big decisions, and as was all out his squads and finally forced them out of the club. And when when Doozy as well, very good friend of um, Lacazette as well. So in terms of his man management, that's all well and good doing being a sergeant major. But the problem is he hasn't got the currency of results. Now George Graham and mate, mate, will, you know wouldn't be able to manage now as he managed in 1986 because the player, the dog wags the tail because I know who's more valuable to me, a million pound player who's worth £150,000 a week, who's probably worth £80 million or the coach who, who you know, who's probably not the highest played player and who we've only given a two or three year contract dependent results. And I think that's the, that's the situation. I'll tell you, it's got to do this really well because, you know, at, 
if he's still going to have the same kind of personnel and he's still, and he's going to, you know, he's got a problem here because the results don't, don't back the way he want, he probably wants to manage. Very, very true. Uh, going on um, Arteta's way, are you trusting the process or are you Arteta out? I ask this to everybody, every guest, just that comes on. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very much Arteta out. I'm very much the fact that he should never have got the job in the first place, not with his level of experience, which is nil. And because and simple reason as well is that you need an experienced manager who can um, basically have the sort of personnel man management skills that are required for today's football, plus have the tactics in, in order to get results pretty quickly. And then you evolve the style. What I've, I've said is trying to do is trying to evolve the style and the results come first. Second, that, he doesn't work at a big club at Arsenal. Look at two short Chelsea. You know, he's had to, he's probably, he's had to quickly change the way Chelsea's playing to get results. Now, that may not be Tuchel's way of playing, but results quickly. Chelsea had to be in the top four and, you know, they have to win a trophy. And then next season, that's when he can develop his style and win the league. We've done it backwards. And for me, there's too many reasons why Arteta is not the right man for the job, whose results do not support any, um, his standing at the club. And he certainly doesn't... I, don't, I think it's actually lunacy. He's actually been giving him another chance where it's highly likely if he retains the same sort of personnel, change his man management methods, that we're going to get the same results. We've, we've wasted this season. We're going to waste another season. I don't, I don't contemplate that. And I think, I think that, you know... <laughs> If he doesn't win the Europa League, he has to go. He sh- you know what I mean? He's the warning signs were at Man City away when we lost one 0 where the manner of where he plays, and then we lost to Leicester. It's then, even though it's been a mini revival, we've gone back into the battle, and um, people are going to re- start to remember what went on before Christmas. He's not the right man for the job. There's no way he is. I mean, I I hundred percent I understand your statement. I also agree and I also disagree. I mean, for me. Like like you said, I wasn't I didn't want him to take the job in the first place. That that comes from me. Mm. I turned around and I didn't want him to take the job in the first place. I felt like we were more suited to get in someone, I'd say someone of this caliber, or someone like Allegri, maybe, or an Eric Ten Hag of mm. I thought maybe one of those cat characters would have been someone that we kind of implemented in at the club, but at the same time, I don't think the board kind of saw it that way. And I feel like our problem again does rely on the board as well, because the board, in a sense that you know, if they really cared, they'd go out and go structure something that's well enough. Well, you, you, you say that, but we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe these managers you mentioned may have um, turned the turned the club because the budget, maybe the length of contract. So I think when you're in a situation where we haven't really done anything in the league, managers tend to interview the board rather than the way way around. Because let's face it, we haven't been in, we're not going to be in the Champions League properly for five years in a row. So we we have to sell the club to both players and potential managers. So it's one of those things where money we money needs to be provided and a clear vision as well. Beyond where Arsenal have to be serious and make a big, big decision. And they have to start showing their series by removing the manager. Mean business, you really mean business remove this manager and get someone with a big name, with a massive, genuine budget 
and then see where you go and then and, and see where we are. You've got to take a risk now. You've got nothing to lose now. That, that is very, very true. And moving on to the game against Slavia Prague, our, our season now relies on this game. It now relies on the Europa League. It now relies on this Thursday and next Thursday. Well, you, you say that, you say it, Sam. But, but you know, there's still a higher approval rating for the manager where a lot of fans, the narrative seems to be, well, let's write off this season, let's give our a chance, let him get rid of the bad eggs and let's see how he goes next season. So, if for you, it's precarious in terms of our season. And you're saying that in terms of silverware, but in terms of, um, you speak to a lot of Arsenal fans, there's a general acceptance that one, we're not good enough to win the league and we're probably not for top four standards and that we're light years waste from clubs like Leicester and West Ham. And that's narrative. So, you know, this guy's got another life. But in terms of what your ambition as a fan and my ambition as a fan, yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to be the hardest game we had this season. Because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, like, for me, again... I'm a fan that wants to see us win the league, challenge for the league, win the league. I also want mm. to win the Europa League because as much as we kind of, people, fan, fans will probably doubt it or laugh about it, it's a European trophy. So we, have won, that, we haven't won, we haven't won, won, won since 1994. Exactly. And we've been, we've been in like, been in um, three, sorry, four, four finals since then. Yeah. And um, they've uh, and, that, and that's including the Champions League and, and um, UEFA Cup, European Cup and this Cup and two UEFA Cups we've lost. Yeah. Zaragoza 95, Galatasaray 2000, Barcelona 2006, Chelsea 2019. Mm. This has to be the year now where they, if they want to be a serious club, I feel like now, like, like you, I don't know if you'll agree with me. I don't know if you'll disagree with me. But I feel like if we do knock Slavia Prague out, we do have a good chance of winning it. But I feel if we do not win the Europa League, we do we get knocked out. We do not win the Europa League, and we finish, but we finish ninth or tenth in that table. I feel we need to remove Arteta at the end of the season. I mean, well, your, your consensus might be as different as mine. Like I say, it's debatable. It is debatable. Now. Well, it's not so much that one thing you've got to realize is that when you're in the quarterfinals, any comp chance to win it because you're the, you're one of the eight best teams in that competition you've earned the right you play you've played relatively well to get there but you're going to need to put some respect if they've 24 games without defeat you know you may you may say well it's only in the you know the Czech, Czech um, league but these are teams that's played together for a long while but they beat some good sides yeah on the way you know, less like, like, like I'll like I'll say to you, Kenny, it's going to be a tough ask. We cannot we cannot guarantee that. Yeah, well, well, Slavia Prague will consider themselves to be the favourites because you know they've won two away games on the way to this, this side of competitions. So in, that that is fair. And in terms of what you're saying about Arteta as well, well, unfortunately, yes, he's got himself in this situation because the results in the league, you know, have been, you know, same, you know, horrendous. There has been horrendous. All right. There's a narrative at the football club that, oh yeah, but we uh, we don't lose as we, we, we don't lose as badly as we lost before. You're still losing. Honestly, I, I couldn't have put that better myself. We're still losing. We're not winning games. 
And you know what it is? It's time and time again. As as an Arsenal fan, when I was growing up as a kid and an, I was an Arsenal fan in school, I could laugh at others. I could compete with others. Mm. Be like, oh, you know, we're doing well. We're doing this. We're doing that. Nowadays, when I'm around certain people that support the Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, City, Spurs, they're having a laugh at me. They look at me and go, oh, man, I feel sorry for you for picking Arsenal. You know, this is where... Mm. I feel like this is where the board kind of need to care. Like, look at the fans' eyes. The, the fans are having to... I feel like this is where they might not care, but this is where they, I think they should kind of take into interpretation. Well, because, I'll, I'll ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, their transfer record in the last... How many times have Arsenal brought a transfer record in the last three or four years? You're going to tell me about three or four times. Yeah. You're going to ask me... If I saw ask you who pays collectively the highest wages in the Premiership outside Man United, you're going to tell me Arsenal. Now, if you're telling me those two things, the money is being spent, but it's probably not being spent as, as you'd like. In the right areas. People, people, people look, at, look at Arsenal and it seems to escape people. We, we regularly break our transfer record and we've paid cash for Partey in terms of release balls. But they'll look at other clubs and they'll see Man City making, or not so much Man City, Man United paying 8 million Maguire and playing about 90 million on, on Pogba and paying 78 million on um, Lukaku. And I think, well, that's the level of spend that our, we've been doing. But if you talk about the level of spend we've had and compared to our rivals, including Man City, we're currently up there. I feel like, like you said, we haven't recruited in the right areas. I 100% agree with that. There is no disagreeing with that because I feel like the one thing, I don't know if you'll agree with me, if we look at Liverpool's recruitment, right, we, and then we compare it to ours, right, mm. when they want to go out and sign a player, they will look at certain characteristics. They looked mm. at signing a winger. 2017, they looked at signing a winger. Oh, you know, they can take a risk on Mo Salah. It paid off, didn't it? Yeah. They signed Alison Becker, risk that was 60 million. It paid off. They'd go, we need a central defender, a big name that can get in and do the right job for us. They paid 75 million for Virgil van Dijk. It paid off. Mm. And I feel like what it is as well that kind of falls on us fans and the board as well is when it comes to recruitment, I feel like, I think you must have said this once, is that we mm. always want some big name player, right? Mm. And sometimes it doesn't pay off. We always are very dismissive about, you know, players who are in the Premier League, Premier League experience. Mm. Like, our fans turn their noses up at. There will mm. be some fans that will turn their noses up at Yves Bissouma Brighton, for example. For example, they'll, they'll turn their noses up at him. But when they mm. look at some hot shot in Valencia or, in, or playing mm. for, you know, um, a team like Inter Milan that's not wanted anymore... They'll be like, oh, let's get him, let's get him, let's get him, let's get him, let's get him. Oh, yeah, definitely. You're 100% right. And I think what it is is that a lot of fans will watch other leagues, especially on the, on the, on the devices we have now, and they'll see a, a player who scores 40 goals in a, maybe the Italian league or the French league, or they see a, a centre-half who's you know very good on the ball, very compact, or they see a right-back who just is great going forward. But they can't. Some of them that's maybe not suited to the league because like, so they have the right character, they haven't got the right physical shape. And, you know, you've got to realise this league is very, very fast. Even though we've got a lot of um, continental players playing, it's very fast. There isn't much time on the ball still. And in terms of, like, 
you know, trying to slow the game down. The only time you see quick, 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 quick slow is very few clubs. Maybe you might see Man play it a few times. Or if you want to watch European football, you're going to get that. So some of these players, some of these players are going to take time to settle. But you look at Liverpool, you know, they got lucky. Van Dijk wouldn't take time to settle because he plays for Hampton. Mane didn't take time to settle. Mo Salah's played here before with Chelsea. And, you know, the players that Klopp signed are players that he knows are going to get into it well. He's, he's not, he hasn't had all success. You know, Cater struggled, remember, you know what I mean? So it, it's hit and miss. But overall, it's highly likely that if you do get players who know this league can settle quickly, you have a, a clear idea of how you want the team to play, then nine out of ten times it works. But again, it's it's this prejudice towards English players because they think they cost too much for the not the same quality they can get cheaper abroad. But they what they do is that they um, how do I say it penalise themselves by waiting probably two or three season and a half for the player to settle. When when you're a big club at Arsenal, there isn't any time. You have to get results yesterday. Yeah, 100% I agree. And um, so now, Kenny, we're moving on to the last part of the show, which is hmm. questions. So there was okay. one question for you that was that was uh, tweeted out by at Cronkate.R. What do you think of... Who do you think should be the starting left-back, Saka or Cedric? Oh, Cedric. You can't have Saka because simple reason is that one of the you'll you get with Saka is that you know you're going to get him going up and down, he's going to put beautiful crosses in and he's going to hurt the opposition in the offensive area. What about when we don't have the ball? What about when um, we lose the ball and teams bomb on down that bomb on? He, he's not a very, he's not a good defence, defensive um um, players, especially at left back, many a time we're in last when Grant Jacker had to go and cover him because of his because of his adventures down in the offensive areas. So for me, Cedric is better defensively, probably not as good going forward, but against a team like that and moving forward, you know, over, we're going to be hard to beat with Cedric at left back than we would be Saka. But but. Moving forward, another thing as well, you, you take away from what he gives us in on the counter attack and what he gives us, um, you know, in, in that kind of freeish role. Freeish, um, I, I think we lost you there, Kenny. No, what I'm trying to say is that uh, Saka will give will, won't give us anything in defensive areas. I just think that. In terms of if if you if you've got teams in a counter attack or on a front foot, you want a defender there to defend, and Cedric fits the bill. Fantastic, fantastic! Thank you, Kenny, for coming on. And that was everything. No problem. Episode fourteen of the Magic Ball from Burkham Podcast. Massive thank you to Kenny Ken. I will put his description of his uh, Instagram and his Twitter Twitter in the in the description to so make sure you follow him. Uh, Kenny, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking no problem, time out to, to to come on uh, before. We end this podcast like we alluded to at the beginning. Um, it's been a very sad time for us thinking about Claudio Calegri, who was, you know, not just a fan uh, of the of Arsenal. He was an inspiration to you. He was like a brother. He was a friend. He was someone. He was a mentor. And you know, 
this this podcast also goes out to him he you know we love you claude we're gonna miss you claude you're you you're gonna be a huge miss to us and when you know fans do reopen for games you know it will be it'll be a sadder feeling that we don't have we won't get to see your beautiful smile oh yeah 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 i think i feel the pain the pain will be felt um for a lot of things when you go to games and he's not there same we felt when in lockdown, when we're out of lockdown, and you know, you you want to meet up, have and you know, for me, the pain's just because I still expect him to ring me phone or me to ring him and he's answering. So personal level, the pain's is really great. But in terms of what we shared, in terms of our passion for Arsenal, it's gonna, gonna be overwhelming um, pain when we go to football and he's not there, just not there for a lot of people who've, who've got a meeting. But in terms of like the people myself, the pain will be ongoing. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with you. Um, I'll see all of you guys again soon. Make sure to follow, listen and subscribe. Again, Kenny, thank you for coming on. Um, thank you everybody for listening and goodbye. <laughs>